Hello uh, everyone this is Fintech uh, Friday podcast and uh, we have uh, our guest uh, Arun uh, Devrajan hello Arun how are you not not too bad uh, thank you so much for having me on the show yeah <laughs> great so uh, you know Arun Fintech Friday is uh, about uh, you know how fintech is revolutionizing finance and technology and maybe extending it to life sort of all together uh it's going to be a set of free wheeling talks which will deal with the uh, history future of money uh digital currencies financial markets uh, as well as infrastructure leading towards more and more automated uh, uh finance and you know range of industries uh, and a future so uh that's kind of a brief background about the talks and uh, thank you for uh, being uh, uh, the guest and maybe if you could introduce yourself uh, your journey you know going back uh, and and then where you are uh, and what what would you talk about future would be great to start off i i'm a guy who's who's a bit obsessed about using technology for large scale social impact uh, in some form or the other i've been part of that journey for for the last 15 years of my career uh, i spent some time at samsung uh, smartphones the day one of three iphone till the entire thing the entire thing through android days all of that stuff and i'm one of those people who can make a, a slightly controversial opinion that for all you know the iphone has had more impact on the world than gates foundation has had i completely agree on that <laughs> in fact i've written that in my book uh, i wrote a book called fintech future by the way and uh, oh, i said the world actually yeah. started after iphone <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. And and people when they think about uh, social impact, they think about foundations, NGOs, governments, and they all have fantastic roles to play. But there's something happening in the whole software industry, specifically Moore's Law and a, a range of things around smart smartphones and internet. They've had far higher impact. They'll be uh, have impact over a few decades or centuries than. Uh, perhaps some of the ideas that t- tends to come from governments and NGOs. So, uh, and I've seen that, and that's kind of what I keep. I I've had a choice to work in NGOs. I've had a small stint in Janagraha as a volunteer, you know, getting people into water registration and all of that stuff. I had a great time, but then realized when you don't have substantial impact, hundred million people, a billion people, and you go back to the technology industry again and again and again. So that's that's been my first love. Uh, you know, as usual, I started writing code at the age of ten and made some money. You know, that that very stereotypical story around the. kind of things yeah <laughs> engineering and this suratel and all of that stuff so and and last 7 years i mean uh, it's like this the story is great technology social impact is great and then it's like sharper 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 uh, uh, and then i've been in a variety of startups and sometimes last 5 years i fell in love with financial services uh, these days it's called fintech or tech fin and a variety of labels uh, roughly can i use technology to increase Uh, access to financial services, whether it's payments, lending, uh, investment, insurance—all of that is kosher. Uh, can I reduce regulatory cost? Uh, can I reduce risk? All of these range of problems. If software can have an impact, all of that is considered fintech, and you can call it whatever you want. Uh, that's been a ma- matter of obsession, uh, and so I did. Like during demonetization, there was a company called MobiQuick, and I guess because it's number two, people may not remember as much. Uh, just in, from scratch, got to a million people having the QR code sticker, and that was absolutely fun. In like six months, from standing up from scratch, and uh, but then you know if you do the math, if you talk to all these small businesses, they'll say sticker is great, the payments are great. They'll say my, some of my challenges to grow is actually access to credit. I go to a bank, they ask, uh, they ask me to pledge my house, and I get up for one lakh loan. It makes no sense right and that's been a you know a kind of a popular cry and if you look at government policy making for last at least couple of decades it's kind of their holy grail they've been trying to figure out how to have 
small business access to small amounts of cash at the time of need uh, the latest avatar being the mudra loan program and we know the default rate numbers on that on the higher side north of 9 10% right and and hence like how do we do much better than that what are the technology industries take uh, and i i i got slightly deeper i went to black buck uh, uh, world's biggest trucking network uh, and while the trucking thing is interesting for me it's the, the truckers are fantastic small business rural rajasthan delivered loans uh, digital unsecured loans uh, in 2019 with all the liquidity crisis and of course trucking industry was also in the middle of its own supply crisis or supply crisis and saw that you can have like really low default rates like 2% default rates on secure loans because we have a range of you know tech friendly controls and this kind of things like that uh, but you know as with all of these things right, the ideas are great everyone i'm sure there are enough literature enough pilots that have already happened in the country and elsewhere that everyone has tried so many of these ideas it's like how do you make it spectacular scale how do you make it worth a nation's progress how do you how do you get to that part uh, 1 million is not interesting huh? let's talk about 300 billion dollars how, how do you get to 350 billion dollars right those are worthwhile problems i mean always right you want the smartest people in the country to work on the most important problems that's what you really want and that's the government's agenda they've been very helpful in in a variety of ways uh, whether you want to look at their support for aadhar upi everything that is in india stack and digital india how you want to follow that right and hence uh, some some of that is some of those ideas have been in the intersection of what is called oken which is about how to have the technology infrastructure using technology to design the ecosystems to accelerate small business lending uh, and i had some small part to play in designing some of those specs is built on some of my learnings and over so those are some of the joys and now i'm in a part where technology is great there's going to be momentum there is the other missing piece is like how do you have risk capital if you have 350 billion dollars of credit gap uh, you know 100 billion dollars will be solved by banks and that's great someone has to solve that 250 billion dollars gap how do you solve the risk capital problem uh, i clearly remember uh, arundhati bhattacharya ma'am uh, in, in our open discussions she is saying this will be solved by debt mutual funds in india the thing with debt will still happen which will uh, still happen it, uh, which will still happen right and and i'm looking for i'm just my math says if you ask me my personally what i'm putting my money and time on these days is like building right. on one of those debt mutual funds that is geared to solve this problem Sure. specifically this problem because uh, that requires a slightly different muscle from the uh, existing muscles in the country uh, and at least that's what i'm hoping to build out that's kind of my current journey so far yeah <laughs> sure sure thanks thanks arun i think that was a comprehensive i think you've done many things from the looks of it you looked at android you looked at obviously apple coming out with its changing world changing iphone and the ecosystem thereabouts uh, afterwards uh, in terms of the entire uh, changes in the music industry changed there's so many industries that they change right yeah. and uh, google is not left behind as well and they they've changed the world of information as as we know and the access yeah. uh, the video uh, uh, and so on and all of these things are now going at such super speed now it's kind of hard to keep track as to what all is going on but kind of fast forwarding to the end of your introduction you're now looking at how to bring effectively uh, risk uh, sort of uh, capable capital which is available elsewhere in the world to solve problem of uh, sme credit gap uh, in india and you expect 100 billion dollars to come through that or more which is yeah. uh, pretty which is pretty great thought uh, let me sort of uh, take it back to one of the points that you mentioned about how software can uh, you know change the world in terms of some way right you can scale and so yeah. on so there is somebody who talked about this in a very provocative <laughs> way which was yeah. software is eating the world right uh, and i guess uh, that's somebody that you probably want to talk about or, uh, or what have you learned from uh, uh, mark anderson uh, do you want to 
take that up who knows he could be your investor one day <laughs> i mean that be that's pretty much everyone's right. dream these days yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so i i'm i'm trying to grapple my uh, i mean ways uh, grapple with the ways of finance works and finance you have uh, on an average people uh, look at large amounts of data that's for uh, quant- quantitative investing uh, people have uh, theories about the world and they make predictions and about that uh, mark andreson is 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 a unique person in the sense he is an ideological investor if i may use that word in the sense he believes this is going to happen in the world and he puts his money down and he builds an entire ecosystem drives the conversation to bring that to life uh, the greatest culmination of course is the fact that he now has a 2 and a half billion dollar dedicated crypto fund where if you see crypto entirely is extremely like anderson horowitz is right at the top Uh, and it crypto is entirely about ecosystem design it's not about marketplace network effects platforms that's been the language in web 2 the previous era of internet but mark anderson entirely about ecosystem design and so mark anderson is this guy who wants to bring that to life he's not a guy who comes on typical talk shows and say the price of this stock will double in 3 months that's not the guy he is that's not the investor he is he believes this needs to happen in the world he is, believes technology is always the the next force for good in the world and he wants to bring that to life more and more and more and his fund is structured only around those themes so apart from crypto he has a very strong thesis around biology uh, it's about healthcare uh, it's about computational biology and uh, 25 itself yeah ha huh, 25 25 itself yeah and, and a variety of individual yeah to so it's sovereign individual and, and a variety of such ideas he, yeah. he's an ideological investor and he, of course he has fantastic returns to so forth so that is a fascinating thing and uh, as a person who has some of these kind of ideological inclinations in life i find those kind of ideas endearing more than the irr numbers of course the irr numbers are fantastic but he means something to the world it's 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 slightly higher on the master hierarchy of needs and that's kind of uh where where is mark anderson and uh, i think uh, if you look at his crypto numbers he's already on a five year victory lap yeah <laughs> sure sure no of course yeah i think uh, they've been right at the before the starting mark uh, before everybody even looked at where the race was in some sense like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store so but uh, do you not also think that you know software is one part but uh, since you also work and talked about blackbird which uh, really comes to the brass tacks uh, on ground right so uh, you know there is a need for all of that fancy stuff and we'll talk a little bit in a little bit of time about blockchains and i want to make sure that a lay person can understand what blockchain is yeah. from uh, somebody who's working in that like you yeah. i don't want to get into cryptocurrency as much uh, to be yeah. frank yeah. we may not have enough time we'll do that another time but uh, hopefully there'll be clearer regulations by then as well but uh, yeah. uh, you know how do you see all that you know the software scalability on one side and the hardware in some sense especially the distributed hardware as we may need for um, you know thousands of trucks like back blackbuck or uh, uh, or devices which may need to be in let's say rural parts of india africa latin america which may not even be connected i mean you're talking about uh, you know a lot of assumptions are taken when we say software will eat the world but uh, yeah. that world has to be connected that world has to be uh, you know available to put a program out there which can eat right yeah so how do you see that what is your experience like on that 
So uh, this is a, a, a range of things to talk about. I, I'll start from some of my uh, favorite topics. In, in 2019, I remember uh, discussing with Sanjay Jain, one of the architects of UPI and Aadhaar, and his point of view was like, UPI still seems like an India one story. It's not quite reached the rural penetration yet. Uh, and I was telling, I, I work in Blackpuff. The number one feature request from truck owners in rural India is I want access to UPI. In, in 2019, 60 to 70% of payments, which is to recharge FastTag or any of the other things were already happening via UPI at that point in time. So in terms of digital penetration and digital standards, it, it was extremely high. Uh, there were people who were using what is pop, uh, personal finance apps. It's like, can you help me understand how my PNL looks like? There are lots of fintech apps that are helping them. There are so many of them already using all of that stuff. So thanks to Geo, Android, the entire ecosystem momentum is already, they're already digital and digital savvy and they want more of this because they see that this offers fundamental value. And it's not just cashbacks. There's a narrative around it. It's just because of cashback. We stopped the cashbacks even then they continue to use it because they see that there's a fundamental value. So we have already gone past from a place where they're offline to always online and digital and digital native. That is That has already happened, right? And hence, everything that is happening on blockchain and uh, crypto and however you want to call that is building on top of something that is already has five, four to five billion people having, uh, that is 80% of all adults in the world having a smartphone. It is riding on the most fantastic technology platform you can imagine. Four to five billion people having a smartphone everywhere in the world, every corner. Even if you're really poor, the reach has already happened, right? That has already happened. Now, before we come to blockchain, a way to think about some of these software companies is that the simplest test, if you are a bank CEO, the question that I'll ask you is this. You know, I'm sure you also use technology. I don't want to be one. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and a lot of people, yeah, in the so-called incumbent industries, they miss this part. They say, I also have an IT department. I use amazing technology. I have Salesforce and Adobe building fantastic software for me. And all of that is true and that is fantastic. Uh, the, the, the thing with the technology companies like, do you have your own engineering team? If yes, do you look at your engineering team as a cost center or as an investment operation? Yeah. A technology company, the engineering team is seen as an investment operation. They write some code and hence cars and trucks move all over the world. That's what Uber does or Blackbird does. Just because you wrote a few lines of code. That is a technology company, right? Or it's, uh, whereas, or it's, huh? it's driving itself. Ah, it's driving itself. That's kind of the next set of things that's going to happen. Extend it further and further. And it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It could just take off to Mars and we could all yeah. be in a truck to Mars, right? And that is the simple question. Whereas in company industries, they say, I have an IT budget. They look at it as a cost center. I want to have lower costs. They don't think, think of it as an investment opportunity, which will give them the 10x to 1000x growth. This is among the most misunderstood things, if I would want to call out. Yeah. Sure, sure. No, that's, that's very, very interesting. Uh, just switching tracks a bit, uh, talking about blockchain, and I want to bring in another, I guess, angle to it uh, completely out of this, which is about how the disruption is happening in the world of money itself, right? And uh, I want to connect it to uh, somebody that I guess you sort of look up to, the greatest intellectual, as some, uh, as some people said, Noam yeah. Chomsky. Uh, so one of the things that I remember of Noam Chomsky's work, I have not read too much of it, but uh, a little bit about something called anarchism. I don't know if you are aware of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would love to understand how you look at that and how does that connect to, you know, what happened with blockchains uh, and then, uh, you know, 
further into uh, what may be happening right around the world in terms of uh, virtual currencies for people who who like the establishment they say anarchy means disorder and chaos and they'll say don't opt for anarchy that is anarchy is bad right uh, now if you think the established order has significant scope for improvement you you would perfectly enjoy the idea of anarchy the essence of anarchism is is this authority always has to be justified that is the essence uh, the only form of authority that doesn't have to be justified is the parent child relationship that is the right. only form of yeah even that he says is got to be justified if you're taking a child and the child wants to cross the road and you hold uh, him or her back he says that you have to be able to explain to somebody else why did you do that and so even that is not out of you know that uh, need right but that's about the only yeah but yeah, yeah but yeah but that's the only place where he is much more likely to give a benefit of the doubt right okay. parent and child because the child requires more effort uh, uh, but but if if you look at any existing forms of power structure whether it's the government or a well run large company or military any of these large power structures they take their authority for granted and hence their muscle reaction is like i don't like to be questioned on their authority and that is exactly it's the anarchist view is exactly the root of all the blockchain and bitcoin and all of those narratives it's like there is existing power systems uh, and there are things we can do better uh, there are some efficiency improvements that can be made to the world government works money works and everything uh, and they are they are continuously asking those questions they are continuously asking those questions some of them are naive some of them are stupid uh, but typically uh, it's like how young people have a much higher impact in the world because they ask naive questions and that it's the same thing that's happening from a first principles that's the place where all of these questions are happening so it is a very strong anarchist overtone uh, from a from a uh, blockchain and bitcoin and cryptocurrency point of view Uh, right and and that's fun to watch i i i'm i'm certain they are not right about everything that's quite clear but the provocative con- conversations is absolutely fascinating and a lot of people are willing to rethink some of their core cherished beliefs yeah sure <laughs> sure yeah i mean i think it's a very very tight uh, rope walk that's going on right on one side innovation disruption yeah. incumbents changing themselves maybe changing slow many times fast uh, sometimes uh, newer uh, faster uh, you talked about bank uh, and i have also mentioned that in my book about a bank dna versus a tech dna you know there is fundamental different speeds uh, digital native uh, versus uh, you know trying to connect analog to the digital all these are things that are kind of going on simultaneously and you know one of the things where uh, it all is coming together and colliding is is uh, in some sense uh, you know fintech is a broader term but what is money right and uh, so i i just want to take it to the other part of uh, maybe one of your interests which is uh, if i'm not mistaken you're a fan of manchester uh, united right and the overall uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. league what does that tell you about what money is and uh, how how does one uh, correlate money which was originally let's say something like cowry uh, uh, shell in india or later on gold bars in uh, us and then you know paper currency which is what we use which has no basis and that's where the anarchist anarchism view that why are you taking this privilege for granted uh, and you need to sort of show accountability to how you spend and you know whether it's really on behalf of the people and so on and so forth sort of comes into the picture but at the base of it money is simply you know a few things right money has to be 
a base structure which helps people to exchange goods and services with each other with each other it has to be able to save it has to be able to sort of uh, come up as a unit of account and uh, it should be scalable etc some of these some of these things and we also have now new forms of money being talked about apart from virtual currencies which are central bank digital currencies and so on so it's it's an interesting yeah. uh, journey uh, looking at what's going to happen over the next few years but what does manchester united have to do with all this like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store just like global capitalism intro specific phase where uh, yes. right from 80s the amount of money that started going to private markets kept going up yeah the first two decades was uh, leverage buyouts and private equity and it's only the last decade it's more venture capital right it used to be leverage by uh, buyouts private equity hedge funds was the dominant source of the private capital the same thing happened in uh, in manchester united where it was subjected to a leverage buyout which meant if i'm a fan all the money that i'm putting in into the comp- into the club uh, was used to pay off loans instead of buying uh, more and more superstars this literally happened as a fan and as a fan this is like the worst ever deal and the guy who's putting in money the, the glazers who bought the club they basically didn't have much to lose because if they the loans are not paid the club would be sold to parts uh, and the stadium would sold to parts and you know it'll be like a asset recovery program so there's an entire capitalism and f- uh, football kind of mixing at that point in time and uh, there was also another part of capitalism which is trying to do something about that so the, the person who gave the name bricks uh, jim o'neil and goldman sachs yeah. he uh, yeah he is also leading uh, trying to figure out how to do a takeover with a bunch of his friends and see if that can be brought back to the fans that was his positioning and of course that attempt failed uh, so that we don't need to have it united need not be so over leveraged and things like that now they're all capitalism answers but the most perhaps some of the most exciting answer that i'm looking for is that because of the blockchain crowdfunding uh, distributed autonomous organization called daos all of those things finally give a chance for fans to own manchester united which is how it should be if you look at the greatest clubs their peers in europe are basically barcelona real madrid bayern munich all the three are fan owned so bayern munich is 51% fan owned uh, Adidas and Audi have about 10% each uh, but broadly that's because they are from the local area Real Madrid and Barcelona are fan owned and hence that is extremely powerful Manchester United is owned by an American guy who, who bought it on a leverage payout it's classic capitalism and that's everything wrong about football and it's everything wrong about capitalism that's not how football should be it meant Cristiano Ronaldo the greatest player of this decade uh, or the last two decades instead of continuing to play at Manchester United he played in Real Madrid and United could have been the team of this decade as well that is the impact but the whole underlying mechanics of everything you see about dao and blockchain will give fans a chance to own take over manchester united because that costs about say 3 billion dollars 3 billion dollars is, is is a lot of money uh, but given that you can easily run a crowdfunding campaign everyone can easily do this online and there are enough well run uh, groups fan groups you can just raise this capital uh, we finally have a chance to make that happen if that happens that will be absolutely fantastic this decade instead of all these glazers and everything yeah <laughs> that's sure. the intersection i'm most excited about yeah <laughs> well it sounds very exciting i i didn't know uh, in that much detail so effectively it's like a capitalist ownership model going to a user or fan or you know interested parties a sort of owning a set of uh, you know for want of better word 
underlying collaterals it could be assets yeah. it could be it could be uh, paintings it could be uh, practically anything and everything that has a, a an address right and you could approximate all physical things with uh, with an address and tokenize that to have a provenance proved way of uh, owning a lot of these things including football clubs so uh, right. it's like it's like the amul model of cooperative ownership can be scaled globally yeah i i completely agree and i think we probably going to be in the last few minutes so i just want to sort of juxtapose that with uh, the amul model was actually one where there is no equity owner and there is no coin right there is no uh, there is no amul coin that uh, that kind of yeah. appreciates when uh, uh, when things do well and uh, the benefit goes to everybody because everybody starts yeah. selling better milk and you know the entire value accretion comes to the members through increase in some sense let's say top line bottom line and so on rather than the value of something going up i have not been able to connect this to uh, the uh, other model which is to my mind a capitalist model all said and done where a coin value goes up it's a capitalist model right so it's it's somewhere in it seems to be in the middle of something to me but i'm still trying to grapple uh, with this and don't have a full and final view yet uh, but what's what's your view i mean does it kind of seem like you said it comes from capitalist to a different world but is it really yeah. that different a world uh, or does it feel like that amul is a fantastic way for milk farmers if i may call them uh, to coordinate and uh, deliver milk for an entire state sure. and that's been replicated across the country right it is a fantastic coordination tool uh, with the right incentive structure Uh, but the fact of the matter is like we don't yet have amul for uh, uber taxi drivers right or for amazon sellers or any of those things right uh, it, it is too hard to pull off the amul thing required a very critical moment in indian history for that to pull off right and a great this guy. gives us a korean right yeah, great great korean uh, vargis current except in your way bureaucrat yeah right so we have a chance to figure out if that can be explored where my stock in amul uh, gives me a claim on cash flows uh, uh, and align alignment of incentives with the rest of my people uh, and voting rights right and that's just an absolutely fantastic idea right do you want the stock to be tradable not tradable is a is a different question which will get to the entire number go up and all of the comedy that we are used to in crypto right but the other parts are in- inherently interesting and the coordination mechanism uh, that something like a dao can introduce is absolutely fascinating and if we can try uh, about a thousand such ex- experiments in india i'm sure some of them will work out and that'll be fascinating for the country yeah <laughs> yeah the thousand uh, flowers bloom story right and yeah. obviously yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's maybe uh, close this with a brief uh, thing on something called dao that you talked about a few times yeah. in this and maybe if you can just explain what that is for a lay person and how does that connect to the discussion the, the dao is 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 a way for different people to organize themselves uh, and commit themselves financially to a, a particular charter or a vision or a program or a mission or any of those things it could be an alumni college alumni thing could be created a dao and they could figure out 10% of uh, you know 
students will get scholarship from me and that could be one way to easily coordinate it's it's easier much easier to create an alumni fund these days than it used to be 20 years back that could be one uh, it could be a crowdfunding operation like uh, you know i want to donate for crypto costs and just all of us pull together quickly pull up cash and do that the friction to do pull up cash of 10 people and deploy and verify is extremely high but dao just using technology reduce the friction so that so many people can coordinate and Uh, have an impact on the kind of areas that they are interested in it could also be used to buy football clubs uh, it could also be uh, used to buy a uh, build large protocols and a variety of things all of those things are internet yeah sure <laughs> it's very sure. powerful as an idea yeah it is it is the uh, so dao stands for decentralized autonomous organization and i guess what you're saying is that it's a way for collaboration to happen in a frictionless manner yes between yeah. very different people by code so that it's not like yeah. getting together in one meeting room having board meetings having some hundreds of discussions and then something comes out here things are happening in an automated uh, uh, fashion subject to certain criteria that are laid down and everybody yeah. then just goes about life without having to worry every day yeah it's a very powerful concept i i agree and it uh, questions and you know sort of uh, potentially disrupts a lot of uh, our views about what a corporate entity is and so on more about that i think uh, we can uh, sort of speak in another session as well as hopefully some of the other areas that we left out uh, today which is about uh, various forms of virtual currencies uh, yeah. but uh, for now uh, i think uh, i would like to bring this to, to close uh, thank you arun so much uh, for uh, coming on to fintech friday uh, talks uh, uh, i think you, your experience of working with multiple different uh, previous uh, startups and others and your current interesting ideas uh, meant that we we had a really nice do short discussion which is kind of making me sort of wanting for more which we'll hopefully cover uh, another time thank you so much uh, for your time uh, uh, and an engaging discussion and thank you so much for having us for the i had a great time yeah <laughs> great thanks so much